Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. A huge hello to every single good human out there and welcome to guest episode number 73 of Good Humans Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Today's guest is... Dan Gabler. Dan is a, um, a trader who's lived a really, really interesting life. Before I get into this episode, I just wanted to talk about the Good Human Factory merch a little bit. I, um, I do talk about it quite a bit on this podcast, but today's pretty special. I just spent a good massive day in the warehouse with a few friends packaging up and um, folding and getting ready for Christmas sort of presents. And um, yeah, just a full new drop of Good Human Factory merch. We've got more sizes we've gone an extra smaller size and an extra larger size for women and men um we also have just started doing youth shirts from size 8 up to size 16 which i'm super pumped on we have a really cool red shirt um which yeah i'm excited to see kids start wearing around hopefully for summer we also just brought out a really cool um three pairs of socks in different colors they're bloody epic they're really good quality um but yeah it's been a massive workload to get it to where it is and i'm so grateful for everyone who does go on and purchase but yeah if you want to support me the good human factory and this vision of making the world mentally healthier i guess <laughs> um head over to the goodhumanfactory.com you can grab it in the show notes as well use the code podcast and you get a big 25 percent off so yeah big thanks to everyone for the support the merch did sell out pretty quickly with all the new gratitude shirts last time so yeah get in there quick and use that discount code podcast um, so yeah, today's episode, Dan, far out. So Dan reached out to me on LinkedIn a few months back and basically just introduced himself, told me a bit about his story and I was like, oh cool. And he's like, I actually just wrote a book called The Centered Tradie. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like young guy that's written a book. I kind of want to write a book soon. Let's, um, let's check this out. So I bought his book and then read it and his story was just so relatable for me just a young dude going through very similar stuff that I felt like I did at high school throughout my teen years with um, relationship stuff and then also um, yeah what he wanted to do after school and the expectations um, I just found it really relatable um, and then he goes through a bit of a journey that I don't want to ruin the podcast. He goes through a bit of a spiritual journey that he really needed because he was beginning to let his anger and a whole bunch of things overthrow him. And it's really special to see the journey that he's been on. Um, the book is incredible. So I highly encourage you to check that out. It will be in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, let's jump into the episode with Dan. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Dan Gabler. How you going, mate? Thank you very, very much for having me. Yeah, I'm going really well. Man, it's um, it's nice to have you here in my little bedroom studio here up at Mermaid Beach or up on the north coast for a wedding this weekend, which, um, yeah, should be beautiful. The weather has absolutely turned it on for you. I just had a little surf out the front, feeling refreshed and ready to tell your story. So I guess to kick off the podcast, the first thing I ask everyone is, what are you grateful for right now? Yeah, I'm grateful for being up here with you, I guess. And yeah, the opportunity I've got over the weekend to really connect with some family, um, I don't know, it's, it sort of takes weddings and funerals for you to get around family and, and really connect with them, unfortunately. But um, yeah, you can take those opportunities when you can get them. Absolutely. Well, this is going to be a fun chat because you are a pretty unique guest on this podcast. You're um, a tradie, as you'd call yourself. And maybe I'll explain how we met. So I think you reached out to me on LinkedIn a couple months ago and started telling me about your business, about what you do, and then told me that you'd just written a book called The Centered Tradie. And that kind of caught my eye and intrigued me. And we got chatting and I grabbed your book and read it and I was fascinated. It's, um, I've, I don't think I've ever read a book that I could relate as much to as in like for myself being just a young Australian bloke that's 
gone through the trade industry from time to time, there was just so many relatabilities in your story. Um, so maybe to kick off, let the listeners know who you are and what you do. Yeah, as I said, uh, Daniel, so I own a, a plumbing business down in the Sutherland Shire, which is the southern suburbs of Sydney. Um, I have had battles with mental health, uh, especially around the age of sort of 20, 24 was sort of the tipping point in my life. Um, at that stage, I just started my business. So sort of coming up to nearly 10 years running my business now. Um, it's been a, a wild old journey. I've, I've been with my, well, I met her, my girlfriend at, at 17. Uh, we got married quite young, actually. We were 23 when we got married and yeah, it's been a uh, wild old ride ever since. Yeah, it's going to be really fun getting to tell your story because like you said, it has been quite a wild ride. Reading your book um, is super interesting. You have a very aware mindset, I think, for a young man to have gone the path that you've gone and go through the different modalities and challenges the way you have. So I'm really excited to get to share the story. So let's rewind back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? What was life like as a kid from what you can remember? Yeah, so I guess probably probably similar to you, like northern beaches of Sydney is very similar to the southern suburbs of Sydney. It's that sort of beachy, active, you know, you play footy, cricket, all that kind of stuff as as kids. Um, life was pretty good, you know, like middle class sort of family, um, mum and dad still married, um, still together. Um, but obviously that uh, faced its own challenges, you know. Um, back in the 90s, there wasn't a lot of money around all the time, so... Mum um, worked night shifts and, and dad worked the day, so we always had a, uh, a parent home. Um, yeah, so pretty sort of standard Aussie um, upbringing, really. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got one sister, yeah. Nice. So where did you go to school and then sort of what was high school like for you once you started to, I guess, learn who you were as a bit of a person? Yeah, so luckily enough, I... Uh, had the primary school across the road from my house where we grew up, so that was really cool. Uh, had my cousin um, live right next door, so the two of us spent all of our childhood pretty much in the school across the road, kicking the footy, cricket, doing whatever. Um, homework and, and schoolwork wasn't really on my agenda at all. Um, could never focus on the the stuff I wasn't interested in. Um, so I, you know, always getting in trouble at school for not doing homework and stuff like that, but. I could never actually understand why, um, and sort of that um, developed through high school as well with me doing really well in the subjects that I could really focus on, but subjects such as English and whatnot just didn't compute with me. Like, you'd, you'd submit an essay, for example, and it's it's down to really the teacher's interpretation, whereas mm. something physical like a, a woodwork or a even a science, you know, like one plus one, you, you get the answer. It's, mm. it's, um, it's quite easy. So um, that did develop a lot of frustration in my world and I just went on a bit of a self-discovery mission because I didn't feel feel like I really felt uh, that I fit in this world. It's mm. interesting you say that. So I feel like not many kids in high school sort of build that awareness from a young age. They kind of just drift through and try and find things to fill that void what were the sort of things you're doing to try and sort of discover a bit more of who you are as those last years of your schools came around, school came around with that sort of looming over your head, what am I going to do finishing school? Because a lot of kids do get pretty lost there. What was, when you were at school, the vision for post-school? And yeah, how did you find yourself in that self-discovery journey? Yeah, so it sort of started when I, I got really badly knocked out uh, in rugby league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out for I think three or four minutes wow. um, and that had a really bad flow and effect with uh, headaches, dizziness, all that kind of stuff all the way through year 10 and 11, um, which sort of maybe did sit down and, and put priorities in my life, I guess. Like I understood that school, well, it was what it was and I could take away some of the learning. So I was there. I really wanted to put everything that I could into the subject like construction, like woodwork. And I actually ended up doing quite well coming in the top like 1% of the state for that subject. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my English marks were basically zero. Um, the same old story, I guess. You you have teachers that say to you, you're only ever just going to be a tradesman. And I really want to try and flip the switch on what that means. Mm. Um, and... It's, yeah, I, I guess the same old story as well. You, you're told that you're kind of nothing if you don't read and you don't 
do well in school. And I'm here to really um, change that uh, for a lot of guys because I think that creates a lot of frustration for, for guys. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I, th- I heard something recently in a podcast and it made so much sense to me with um, what happens at school. We get so much priority put on learning how to read and write, but we don't get taught at all how to speak and listen. And it's like two of, especially yourself owning a business, like the way that we communicate with people and the way that we engage with people is more important than the emails we send in the bloody um, letters we write to people nowadays. So I think learning how to communicate effectively in my mind is a far more beneficial skill to learn yet we never get taught it and it's something that you do need to begin to learn yourself and from reading your book there's obviously some levels to your story and different self-discovery along the way so when you did finish high school where was your mind heading what did you think was going to be your next chapter yeah um so for me um it was either army I really wanted to go into the police force um, and specifically into the dog squad. Um, or my third option was become a plumber. So I'd done some work experience through high school with landscaping and plumbing. And uh, I said to myself, well, that's the path I'll take um, if I need to. So I did apply for the cops, but at that stage uh, at 18, I was only, I think, 61 kilos. So I just said to myself, there's no way in the world that I can look after myself as a police officer at 61 kilos as a, as a guy. Um, then I really decided that army was going to be for me. Um, and yeah, again, to started to go down that application process, but, uh, Christmas Eve, 2007 received a phone call from, uh, the guy that I did some work experience with and said, Dan, I'd like to offer you an apprenticeship and you start on the 5th of January if you'd like to take it. And at that time I just went, yep, well, um, the universe has put this in, in my lap. So yeah, let's pursue it. And that was an apprenticeship with climbing. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Isn't it crazy how like a, a phone call can completely change the direction of your life sometimes. Like yep. if you open to an opportunity and say, yes, it can completely take your life on that next direction. So start the plumbing apprenticeship straight out of school. What's that first year and second year, like doing an apprenticeship? Are you like, all right, this is what I love doing. Or how did you, did you have a mindset from the start that you wanted to go into your own business eventually or what was that first year or two like? Yeah, so the best way to describe my life at that stage was absolute unhinged desire, but I had absolutely no direction, right? Mm. So if there was a door that had opened, I'd just run through it and just see what happens on the other side. Um, so I think school, yeah, schoolies just before I started the apprenticeship, I got staff. Uh, from a reef cut in Fiji. Uh-huh. Um, and that was absolutely debilitating for about a month with welts and all that kind of shit. But um, the first sort of month of the apprenticeship, I was still trying to get over the staff. So I wasn't, I didn't show up how I th- really wanted to. Um, and then a clash of personality about seven months later saw me actually get sacked from that first apprenticeship. Um, and again, too, it's it's interesting, like, you, you feel sometimes that a door's closed on you, but there's always a window that's opened. And I had an opportunity with another plumber literally around the corner from my house. Um, he's ex-army. Um, it was just me and him in the truck. And it was... I couldn't ask for a better apprenticeship, to be honest. The guy is an absolute wealth of knowledge. Um, we went through and we did every aspect of plumbing that you could ever ask for. And having someone that's, you know, that little bit more disciplined and strict... Um, really shaped who I am today and how I run my business too. Yeah, it's so important to have those good mentors. It sounds like you said that door closed, which would have probably been a bit of a hit getting sacked from the job. And then for an opportunity with someone ex-army, which I'm sure you would have really looked up to and got a lot out of, it's crazy like how much of an impact certain people can have in our lives. I know from your book, there was also other stuff going on with friendship groups and relationships and whatnot from this sort of age of your life what were some of the difficult things that were going on outside of work around this time yeah so i guess this was um so the apprenticeship we'll take it take it back a little bit the apprenticeship i'd met Haley at this stage but um just before i'd met Haley, um the friendship group was undergoing some real change there was um half the group was starting to get into some drugs and and starting to go down a path of getting into heavier and heavier stuff and 
for me, that was never on my radar. I, I, I never wanted to, to go down that path. So it was um, really starting to split that away. And there was a couple of really bad instances where um, it just shone a light on what I didn't want in my life. Um, you know, one of them being uh, one of the girls showed up at this party and she was off her face and um, fell forward. And I luckily just caught her before she ended up face first in, in a bonfire at a party um she was a professional dancer at that stage and you just think well how does that change the course of her life um instantly then um there was a really really bad car accident that um i was the car behind uh so i witnessed um things like that really start to make you question the decisions that you're starting to make in your life um and I really want to go down the the path of showing young guys that they can make decisions that are actually going to benefit their lives rather than just going along with what you think's the norm and, you know, going down a path of doing stupid things in cars and drugs and all that kind of stuff. So, Mm, and it's such a common path to go post school, that sort of discovery and trying things out, which I don't think is bad, but I think also having the awareness like yourself that, hey, the decisions we make do have really big consequences and it's so important to make sure that we are aware of them and trying to make sure we're on the good side of those consequences. Yeah, like I I honestly think mistakes in your life is the easiest way to learn, Mm. but it's just dependent on how big are mistakes. Like some of those things you just have to catch before they're absolutely life-altering. Yeah, for sure. So we've met the girlfriend where started an apprenticeship i know something because obviously you didn't want to really go down that party path you kind of went down the other path of all right i'm going to save money i'm going to try and set myself up from a young age but that came with some challenges itself for you so once you're kind of digging through this apprenticeship saving some money got the girlfriend where was your mind with where your life was gonna go from there yeah so we were still sort of like going out and stuff nightclubs and all that kind of stuff but it was, and I've always been that person that, um, you know, 1am in the morning, I'm, I'm home. I don't think anything good happens after that. Um, but yeah, so really we had this desire and it was lucky that sort of the both of us did that we wanted to better ourselves. So I think 19, we bought a unit down in Wollongong. Yeah. Um, so I was a second year apprentice and, you know, started renovating that to do it up, to, to get rid of it. Um, at the same time, I was, I was working at a nightclub as well, so Friday and Saturday nights, um, just absolutely burning the wick at both ends and um, not really connecting with Haley how we probably should, and I guess more to a point, we'll probably go into that a little bit later on, but never actually been shown how to show up in a relationship. Mm. Um, yeah. So in those years where you are, like you said, burning the big wick at both ends, in your mind, you are probably doing what you need to do to like pay off this mortgage and get the house set up because I know you're going down every single um, after work and spending all your weekends doing up the house. If you could do it again, what would you do differently into finding a bit better balance? I think it comes back to if we were actually taught balance and and taught um, self-awareness. I think... um, I, I don't know... I don't know what I'd change now because of the... The experiences that I've had, I can actually go forward and actually help teach others mm. not what to do. Like, you know, you can look at it and you go, okay, well, financially you've set yourself up, but at what cost? Mm. Um, you know, I've I've had a heap of health challenges post that. Um, you know, nearly lost a marriage over it. There's there's so many challenges that, you know, you look at it and you go, well, could you have done things better? Hundred percent, I could have, but ultimately that comes down to education and Mm. I guess that's what you and I are are trying to do right yeah absolutely so if there was a bit of advice for someone who is in a relationship with someone they love at a young age have bought a place and your goal is to do it up and get it ready so you can financially be in a good spot what advice would you give to someone who's at that young age is it around communication with your partner is it around yeah what have you learned that you didn't have the education around back then because I know you've done some work with some life coaches and done some really cool coaching and um, build a better understanding of yourself. If you could tell someone going through that now, what would be the advice you'd give them? You've got the time. Um, don't, don't 
rush so much. Like obviously there are time pressures in everything we do, but you really have to take that time out to actually enjoy some life. And I really feel like I probably missed, um, a section of my life, probably, you know, 18 to 24, 25 that I just wasn't living. And, um, the amount of stress I was under and put myself under, um, yet life's not about that. Mm. Um, life's actually to enjoy. So, yeah. And then you've gone through that apprenticeship, done up that first place. What were some of those real big challenges you said just a second ago with you almost lost a marriage and relationship? How did you propose? Let's go to that sort of that story. When did you kind of go, all right, you know what, we're going to get married. Was that to try and save the relationship or was that a really good time of the, of your life with, um, your partner? And then, yeah, once you were married, how was the next chapter? Yeah. So no, uh, the relationship was still pretty good when we got engaged. So I proposed to her on her 21st birthday. Um, I guess we really surrounded ourselves with, um, an older crowd. So most of my mates, you know, when I was 21, most of my mates are 26, 27. So, um, they're starting to think about, um, that side of their lives. So a couple of them are starting to get engaged and whatnot. And I don't know if I felt the pressure to do it or I don't know. It was just one of those things that just felt right. Um, the relationship sort of started to take a bit of a turn, um, post that as we were planning a wedding um there was a fair few times when we discussed calling it off and um i I put it down to i own a lot of that i was not showing up very well anger really controlled my life um and yeah we were just arguing and blowing and and hayley wasn't the best version of herself at that stage either so um yeah, that's when it all started to fall apart. Um, we obviously did walk down the aisle and um, that's probably, you know, a couple of months after that we got married was probably the, the lowest point in our relationship. Wow. It, it seems like that's actually a pretty common thing. I actually have had two friends, like young friends that have got married and called it off pretty early because, yeah, it was obviously a bit different and a bit too much once they were together how did you save it? What was that turning point for you? Yeah. So, um, that's, I guess where the turning point in my life is. And, um, Haley went overseas with her friends. Um, at that stage, I just started my business. Um, we'd obviously just been married. We just bought our second place. Um, so we sold Wollongong bought up in, um, Sutherland. Uh, started to renovate that and, and Haley dropped the bombshell on me that we were going to go on an overseas holiday and I really pulled the handbrake on that and I said there's no way in the world that we can afford this like we've got 500 bucks in my, our bank account we've got to still save for the next mortgage repayment like what are you doing um, that really drove a wedge in our relationship and I just ended up having to say well if you're going to go 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 with your friends but I'm not going I can't I've just started a business um that stage yeah she then came back we had a bit of a discussion around um you know what we both wanted in our relationship i i'd just seen scott so the the first life coach that i saw um and he pointed me in the right direction of of my first ever business coach and he introduced uh a very simple concept of love languages to me um which absolutely blew my mind um and for, I guess, the listeners that don't understand love languages, it's just how you communicate to your partner. Um, there's five love languages. And yeah, I urge everyone to just jump on, on the web and do a bit of a survey and work out what that is for you. Yeah, it's just so interesting. We will get into that shortly, but I want to rewind back to the start in the business because being a young dude that's a tradie, ambitious, wanting to sort of get ahead, I know these chapters of the book were super interesting when you started your business there's lots of ups and downs lots of mistakes made when did you make the decision to start your own business and what were some of the kind of highlights and lowlights as well from starting the business yeah i guess this is a similar story for a heap of tradies like good tradesmen seem to just fall into running their own businesses it's yes it does come down to ambition but um, obviously the really good ones go out there and they've got business experience or they've been exposed to how to run a business, but there's a lot of tradies that just 
accidentally fall into it, I think. They they start to do all the caches on the weekend and then the phone starts ringing that, you know, can you take a day off work and go and do some stuff for yourself? So you end up either subcontracting, so you do have that little bit of extra freedom to go and do your own jobs and, yeah, it just builds from there. Um, I've made so, much, so many mistakes and cost myself hundreds of thousands of dollars in... Um, just lack of education really um, just yeah blindly starting a business and, and hoping for the best and yeah unfortunately it's a similar story for a lot of tradies and I know there's a lot of guys out there that um, have either lost businesses or on the brink of losing businesses or under a heap of pressure because um, we're not really taught that mm. it's just a natural progression right you're a really good tradesman and you just fall into running your own business. Yeah. What advice would you have for someone who's starting? Where would be the first place if you could do it again? Would you start to educate yourself? Would it be a business coach? Would it be... Um, yeah, because I feel like a lot of people, which I do want to get into this um, side of your life, the life coach and then business coaching, because I think a lot of young people might let a fair bit of ego get in the way to be like, oh, like I'll work it out. Or like, oh, I'm not seeing a life coach. Um where did the life coach come into your life and how did you drop the ego to be like, oh yeah, I'll go and see someone like this to help me with a bit of direction? Yeah, that's a huge, huge question. All right, so we'll start with, I guess, the advice for, for the young guys. Yeah, sorry. I think, um, <laughs> I think we'll start, yeah. So I just think a lot of guys, young guys in particular, see you know, the guys in their 30s, late 30s, 40s, 50s with a fair bit of money behind them. They're driving nice cars. They've got the boats and all that kind of stuff. And um, young guys especially go, well, I want that and want that now. But they don't understand that, you know, that's 20 years of hard work to get them to that stage. Um, if, if I was, you know, 23, 24, 25 again, starting a business my advice to, I guess, myself in that stage would be just take a little bit more time, um, get some more money behind you, start the process of education. So um, there may be a, a business coach out there that you can um, go out and sort of set your business up properly. Even do a business course at night so you can actually understand the fundamentals of business so you don't make those mistakes to yeah, as I said, mate, like I've, I've cost myself hundreds of thousands of dollars easy in, in stupid mistakes. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to see other tradies make those decisions, uh, bad decisions either. Yeah, I'm trying to like TAFE courses for business. I feel like, like just having a bit more understanding of how to structure a business, like the accounting side of stuff, like all of that just ends up would bombard so many people who just think, oh, I'll just start a business. I'll get someone to do that for me. But when you start you're doing everything and I, I know that. that started my own business too and I feel like a lot of people think like oh yeah like it's not as much as you think but it is also like super rewarding once you start do ticking those goals and seeing the for you I'm sure like projects come to light that you've been working on so I think it is a great thing to have that ambition but like you said taking it a bit slower and setting yourself up a bit so with um seeing a life coach as a young 24 25 year old dude going through some relationship troubles, starting your business, some teething troubles. What led you to going, I need some help. I need somebody to kind of point me in a different direction. Yeah, right. So at that stage, um, I was hanging around with a, a chick that was not, we didn't have good intentions together, right? So like while Hayley was away, we sort of planned to, either I was going to leave the relationship, she was going to leave hers, or I was what I actually planned was I was going to escape. So, um, I was going to go and start a new life in Perth under a new name and just, and just get out. I wasn't going to tell family. I wasn't going to tell anyone. I just, I couldn't deal with the thoughts in my head at that stage. And I just needed something to take the pressure away. What were the thoughts in your head at that stage? Basically, I just could not deal with the anger anymore. Um, I was, I'd wake up boiling i'd go to bed nearly having a heart attack with um with anxiety and and panic attacks um many nights i'd, I'd try and lie in bed and, and go to bed but i'd have to get back up and, and go for a walk around the block or something because i was going to explode and what was the anger from do you think well learn so um yeah you, you learn that in your, in your time as you're growing up and frustrations i, I do put a lot down to um that really bad knockout um and subsequently just before that knockout i'd had some 
some concussions in footy. So, um, again, the frustration of school and all that kind of stuff just ended up just boiling and I was uh, at the end of my tether. Crazy. So, yeah, at the end of your tether, you're thinking about fooling around and disappearing with this chick. What changed? What was that turning point for you? Yeah, so she actually gave me the number of Scott, the guy that um, subsequently really helped me um, and said, I think you need to see someone. And I guess at that stage, I was, you know, typical Aussie bloke. I don't need to see anyone. Stuff this. Um, And it wasn't until the actual day that I'd planned to escape. Um, Those of you that, I guess, know Sydney, uh, if you jump on the M5, you can head west. Uh, If you you jump in the right lane at the airport, you head back down to the Sutherland Shire. Um, My plan was just after work, just get get in the left-hand lane and, and disappear. And I was about... Oh, about a kilometer, two kilometers before that exit. Um, luckily enough, the, the traffic was really, really heavy that day and we weren't moving. Um, and a guy cut me off in traffic and I just exploded. Um, nearly to the point where I got out of the car, but for some reason at that time, um, this guy's number just popped into my head and I was like, do I call this guy just as a backstop before I could potentially make the biggest mistake of my life. Um, I called him and I said, mate, this is the situation. I'm in dire. I need help. Um, otherwise, I'm going to take this exit and no one's ever going to see me again. And, you know, universe is interesting and it always paths uh, makes a path for you. And he just had a cancellation and had 45 minutes spare and, yeah, got to his office and... Um, that first moment was unbelievable. It's like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. Mm. So when you went and saw like a life coach, it might be a bit different to a counselor, psychologist. Do you want to explain, if you're willing to, the sort of things that you guys spoke about that might have, was it just basically the weight of telling somebody how you're feeling or was it, yeah, just a bit of direction from somebody? What were the sort of things you spoke about with him when you first went and saw him? Because I feel like there is so many young whether it be tradies or just young people who do feel a bit trapped and lost in life don't know really where they want to go in the next direction built up anger anxiety frustration that feel a bit trapped what were the sort of things that you spoke about with him at the start was it just sharing your story yeah i think it was just actually someone more or less to put their hand on your shoulder and go it's, it's okay i understand and um you know tell me your problems and i think as a, as a guy, like we're, we're so bad at it um, and we don't talk about our problems and to have someone in that space, you know, one-on-one to actually sit down and, and start to verbalize what's going on in your head, that's step one. Like mm. I'd never, ever done that before and just leaving his office, I felt free for the first time in my entire life. Obviously that um, kicked off a, a, a heap of different um, catalysts for change in my life and, and still had a lot of frustration and things to work through. But yeah, momentarily, that first 45 minutes um, changed my life. It's amazing to have that experience. It can really just either pull a handbrake on a bad decision you're about to make or just really open up the new sort of path in life that you... Um, of the journey that you went on from there. So leaving that um, first 45 minutes, when did you plan to see him again and what was that next chapter like with Haley coming back from overseas, having to call stuff off with this other chick that you'd been thinking about doing stuff with and then, yeah, how did you like rebuild the relationship? Yeah, so I guess walking out of Scott's office, I was at absolute rock bottom. Um and I sort of understood that I needed to completely rebuild my life at that stage. Um, I saw him, I think, the week after um, and really started to put things in perspective. So I guess rewinding a little bit, um, the whole plan to escape for me um, rather than, I guess, we're going to get a little bit heavy here, um, rather than take my own life was... At 15, I'd found a, a guy in the surf um, that had taken his own life, so he committed suicide, and uh, me and a mate at 6am one morning right behind Wynn Stadium in Wollongong um, found him. 
uh, I had to bring him back in. Um, I had su- subsequently found his suicide note and a, a bottle of uh, alcohol. And for me, f- I could never dream of somebody finding me like that. Like, that is just so unbelievably heavy. And especially, you know, 14, 15 year old kids, that's just not something that would ever cross my mind. Um, so, yeah, for me, the, the pain of just running away was, was easier. But, um, yeah, so sorry, fast forward again back to just after I'd seen Scott. Um, there was a dinner that Haley and I went to pretty much the night after she landed and I told her everything, um, where we were at, where I was at, um, who I'd been talking to, um, and I really committed to her that this was the, the moment in my life and our relationship that I wanted to change. Mm. Um, and I just asked her pretty much bluntly. I just said, look, do you want to come on this journey with me? Or do you want to end it now and, and sort of go and find somebody else? Because I'm going on this journey whether you like it or not. And I just would really love to see you come with me because we can both grow and change. And um, yeah, like between, you know, 17 and, and 24, we really sort of grew, but we grew apart. And then it was sort of that was the catalyst for us to, to start to grow together. And thankfully she's come on this journey with me and yeah she's such an amazing soul like and even as a mother she she's one of the most patient people in the on the planet and she she wasn't like that at this at that stage in our relationship either so yeah credit to her she's come on this journey she's done a fair bit of um development herself and yeah she's definitely showing up as the best version of herself now it's so amazing that you could have that honesty and integrity to straight up tell her once she came home from that holiday. I know so many guys would hide that and try and keep it as their own sort of little secret and be like, no, I've changed a new direction. But to have that honesty, I'm sure is probably the cornerstone of why you guys are still together, happily married. Baby here, another baby on the way, um, which is super exciting. But let's talk about this self-development journey then. What were some of the things that you began to change and what were what was the timeline for this sort of happening once you've seen the life coach? All right, I need to start changing. Where did you start? Yeah, I guess it was like similar to school, right? Like I was this journey of self-discovery just really interested me so much. And it was just one of those things that I just wanted to learn more and more and more. Um, Scott at that time, he'd only just started his business and he didn't have the structure around post a big breakthrough like this so there was actually no bones to it so i describe it like what he'd done is he'd thrown me off a cliff with a bunch of airplane parts and i needed to build the plane before i hit the ground (laughs) and um you know that's everything from questioning your beliefs and um how you want to show up in this world and you know old beliefs the whole lot and I sort of kind of knew that he could only sort of take me so far. Um, and it was a phenomenal opportunity that then I went on a bit of a curious discovery to ask other people what they'd done, both business coaching, life coaching. Um, yeah. And then at, it was funny enough at, at his, um, engagement party, I met a, a lady by the name of Belle, who's a Reiki master and yeah, for whatever reason sparked my attention and um we went out to dinner that night Haley, her and and my partner and i just needed to learn more and more about it and yeah ended up doing a a course with her you know it's it's quite a deep spirituality and yeah again that was another cornerstone in my life that it was just another education piece into something that's bigger than you Mm. and for someone who's a young aussie tradie bloke how against something like Reiki and understanding... What is Reiki, by the way? It's a spiritual modality, right? So you're it's using like meditation. chakras, meditations, yeah, auras, all that kind of stuff, right? So, so far from what I'd ever experienced in my life, you know, footy, cricket, manly man, tradie, all that kind of stuff. It was, um, yeah, as I said, like so different from what I'd ever experienced in my life before. But um, to actually feel something like that is just incredible like I can talk till the cows come home about what it's like but I I urge everyone to go and experience something like that like Mm. to go and do you know a sound healing go and do a Reiki meditation with someone 
um, just, yeah, go and experience it. Go and sort of put yourself in the uncomfortable to be really comfortable. Mm, it's so funny how reluctant so many are to try something like that. One, because of their, I guess, self-beliefs and their kind of what they've been built into thinking like meditation and spirituality is. And I think it comes back to, and somebody said this to me recently and it makes complete sense. I think because, and it comes back to religion because the way that we, 100%. the way that we um, are educated at school, that meditation and um, things like this are all related to the religions like Hindu, Muslim, all of these things that have a bit of a connotation to them. But then once you realize, no, you can meditate without the spirituality you can practice all these things without the belief system of religion. You can do them because you understand the benefits they have for you to feel better. And once you can drop the ego and understand that these are things that we just do to make ourselves feel better, whether it be seeing a life coach talking about how we're feeling, it basically just frees us up from the bullshit that's going on, but also allows us to develop a better understanding of who we are and our purpose. So with that journey for you, what were some of the biggest turning points after for your relationship for one and um, yeah, for your business by starting to like work with people who yeah have experience in t- leading you on your path. Yeah. So fantastic point about the religion piece. Like I wish people sort of understood that a bit more and like there are so many beautiful aspects to religion, like whether it's Catholic, um, wh- whoever it might be, there's so many great things about it, but, people have wrecked it over the years yeah um so people need to understand that a meditation can be done um succinctly with your religion and it's just it's basically time out for yourself Mm. that's that's what it is so um yeah sorry sorry back to your question the the relationship between Haley and i just got better and better um she stepped into going and seeing someone herself um, and how, you know, some of the traumas in her life, in her early childhood, um, really shaped who she was and how she didn't want to be like that. So that was uh, like fantastic. And I think, um, in every relationship, you need a bit of a trailblazer and it can create waves in people's relationships. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, it can especially drive a wedge, especially if the the guy's the one that's going to do this, like mm. going betting bettering themselves. Sometimes, you know, the wife or the girlfriend doesn't understand. But if you can go on that journey with them, your life becomes so much better too. Um, and then, yeah, again, at that stage, you know, the business, I got to educate myself a lot more on how business works, um, which culminated in you know, me not doing everything by myself anymore. I was able to put an apprentice on, um, got a bookkeeper, which my God changed my life. Um, cause you know, sitting there and doing financial figures and zero and all that kind of stuff just does my head in, but to have somebody do it and present the information that you actually need, you know, your own figures, um, what a help that was. Mm. It's a massive one. And I, I love the way you said it was so important for you and Haley to continue to grow through life together. And it's a little quote that I like to say. It's like, you can either go through life linear or you can grow through life. And if you and the partner you're with are on a different journey, then it's basically impossible to maintain a healthy relationship. And I've seen it in friendship groups of mine where a guy has been like, you know what, I'm going to get into my health and fitness and improving my lifestyle, meditating each morning. And their partner has been like, well, it's not for me and still goes out and benders. And then it just like creates such friction between the relationship And I think it comes back to the self-awareness, but also the respect of the other person and be like, you know what, I'll come on the journey with you or I'll call it off. And so many relationships, I think, get destroyed when somebody decides to level up and to maybe take a bit more responsibility and maturity into their future and the other one doesn't. And it's so cool that you and your partner have been on that journey together. With, um, With the business where did you start really seeing things, you know what I mean, like take a positive step? And then actually I'll ask the question next about when did the book come into your mind? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so business, the real uplift came, I guess, I second business coach, um, Sean. Um, yeah, because I'm hoping a lot of young tradies and people listen to this because I think this is a part of the story that people will 
get a lot out of. So where do you where did you find a business coach for starters, your first one? And yeah. then what sort of things were the business coach helping you with? Because I know it can be expensive to get a business coach sometimes, but I'm guessing the pros far outweigh the um, cons. Yeah. My first piece of advice to anyone is do your research on these people. Like, don't just ring up an old business coach off Facebook Marketplace, for example. Like, if you've got other business owners in your in your network, they don't necessarily have to be friends, but be curious enough to pick up the phone and ask the question and start to do some research around who their business coach is, if they've got one, have they had good experiences? Because I know for a fact that, you know, someone rings me, I'd be able to point them in the right direction. I've got a couple in my world that, um, you know, has, helps people at different stages of their life. So mm. my first business coach, Craig, he was the one um, that really started to change my existence. Um, that He was good mates with Scott or he is good mates with Scott, the the guy that I saw uh, for my emotion coaching, I guess. So that was a fantastic first step for me. Ego was still there for me. So him and I didn't see eye to eye on a couple of things and we went separate ways. But the three to four months of his coaching, um, I guess, uh, really opened me up to the, the first part of the education. And then a really great mentor of mine, um, Stu, he opened a, a scaffolding business when I was doing my apprenticeship. I'd done a few, you know, weekend work with him just for, you know, a bit of side money. And he had a great business coach. And I sort of went met up for coffee and I said, mate, can you tell me more about him? Did the intro, um, went to Sean's first event. And again, too, that was just like one of those full-on sliding door moments in my life that was like, I know I need to be here and these are my people. So yeah, I was in his group for about three years and my God, I learned some stuff. And when you say learn some stuff, what sort of stuff are you learning? How to structure your business, best way to acquire customers, best way to build culture in your team because you're starting to build a team? Yeah, so that's, I guess all of that stuff is a bit of a byproduct, right? The way sort of Sean works is working on you and how you can be better for the business. And then, yeah, of course, you, you do learn all that kind of stuff, culture in the business, especially around, you know, team, how to employ people, how to fire people, all that kind of stuff, um, or performance management as, as well. Yeah. Um, all the things that, again, too, as I said before, you just never, ever taught. You and don't learn and they feel a bit icky and it's like, yeah, it's good to have somebody coach you through certain things like that. Yeah, and like you can pick up the phone of this guy and go, "Mate, I've got this situation with this team member, or I've got um, a situation with a client, and you've just got someone there to actually lean on rather than just bottle things up and mm. um, just hope they go away." Because you know, there's there's things in business that you can hope that go away that they never ever do, and you're better off just, as they say, eat the frog and and come up to it with the right education but yeah deal with it in that moment mm, it's, it's so cool to hear the journey that you've been through from being so lost wanting to run away and escape to finding a coach putting your hand up saying i need a bit of help building your relationship better which then in turn makes your business do better let's talk about family when did bub one become a thing in the mind and then yeah when did the book start to come to mind yeah um Interesting, right? So, I've, as I've said in my book, uh, Hayley and I, um, unfortunately, we've suffered a fair few miscarriages. Um, one of them being uh, an eptopic pregnancy, which took one of her fallopian tubes away. So, um, that was extremely, extremely heavy uh, for us at a young age. I think we were 25 at that stage, maybe 26. Um, subsequently, yeah, we had two, maybe three more post that. So... We had this desire to have kids, but it didn't look likely for us. Um, that's when I sort of first came across a, a mate of mine. Well, he's a mate of mine now in the gym. Um, he's a naturopath, which like, again, too, just sparked my interest. And um, I wanted him to tell me everything about uh, naturopathy and got talking to him about our issues and um something so simple as as a blood test sort of showed up that Haley had very very low progesterone levels and and that's can be a result of the pill that a lot of girls take um that's why a lot of girls do struggle to find uh fall pregnant so 
we were falling pregnant, but her body was not carrying the pregnancy. And, um, obviously that created a lot of stress for us over three or four years. And, um, Haley working close with him, um, we were able to, to carry this pregnancy and yeah, um, nearly two years ago, little Mickey came along and, um, has been one of the most rewarding yet challenging things to ever come into my life. Um, she's one of the most intelligent little kids ever. She's so emotionally intelligent, but, um, yeah, she's an absolute handful and, I guess that brings me to, yeah, I am going to write my second book. It is around the education piece for um, dads, especially um, mm. from basically conception all the way through to, you know, year one and two of, of having kids. So, yeah. Mate, I think it's um, so cool that you've written a book, especially looking back in your story to how much you hated English, said, yeah, um, <laughs> well, it wasn't your strong suit. And it um, is in the eye of the beholder of who is reading your work. And I've read your book and I think it's incredible. The way that you um, tell your story is really, really special. And I think so many young, hopefully tradies, or just hopefully any young male Aussie, I think, can read it like myself and really get something out of it and realise that although our stories are very special, we all go through very similar difficult times and we go through times that feel like there is no escape but we can come through it on the other side so when did you start writing your book when did you go you know what i'm gonna write a book yeah well i guess um with all the spiritual modalities and and coaching and all that kind of stuff they they do really start to drive down the um the fact that you know you really got a journal and that had sort of never been on my radar you know sitting down and writing not only about my feelings but just writing in general and i started to write and I just went, there's, there's more to this. There's, there's so many learnings and I know that I'm not alone in this journey either. And I know that so many um, guys especially can benefit from my learnings. And yeah, once I got it down on paper, um, I spoke to a publisher who was, again, a mate of a mate. Um, and he thought exactly the same thing. This thing's got legs and there are so many, um, small little nuggets of wisdom, um, that I can put out there that hopefully stop guys having to go to the depths of despair that I've been to. Mm, Yeah. It's a, it's an incredible book. I will leave in the show notes everywhere, um, that you can grab it. I'll leave the link to be able to buy the book. I'll also leave some stuff to your plumbing business if you want, if people want to have a good plumber down in um, the Sutherland Shire. But mainly, I just think people will get so much out of the book. Like like I said, it's something that I read in a very short amount of time. And actually, I think I read like the first chapter and then I was like, dude, this is so good. And then I put it down and got back to it. And man, it's it's just a journey that I think is so un unexpected. From the way that you begin the story, it's so similar to so many of us. And then quite similar to, I believe, the path that I'm on of understanding that there's more out there than what we get taught at school. There's more out there than what we get taught by our parents and the self-beliefs and the traumas and identity that we go through as a young star. We can change. And so many people aren't willing to lean into that change. And for you, those couple little sliding door moments from not taking that exit on the highway and going to see a life coach instead and that changing the whole direction of your life, obviously, I hope and I know will be a big sort of push in that direction for others as well. So you should be super proud of that. We are going to come very close to the end. What are you got coming up the next little bit of your life? What are you looking forward to? And yeah, what um, what's the next exciting thing happening in the life of Dan? Yeah, so baby number two um, is coming at the end of the year. So a uh, little boy, which is absolutely amazing. I, um, for some reason, I, I always had apprehensions about having a boy because I never wanted to treat them like one of my apprentices, like, you know what I mean? Like very business structured. Um, but having the girl first, she's absolutely softened me again. Um, she's such a little princess. It's the best. And so I'm so ready to have a, a boy now because, again to I've got that legacy of showing him not what to do like if mm. you know what I mean and um yeah going going back to that I, I hope people can um get themselves out of that you know that mindset of that's the worn way and this is the way we've always done it so mm. this is the way I'm always going to do it it's the old ways not the right way it's the, the new way talking up getting help uh, is definitely the the way to go about it so yeah that brings me to to, to my second book 
which is definitely going to be around um, what dads go through during while your partner's pregnant, labor, and then, you know, the first year or so of, um, of kids and the emotions, the journey, all that kind of stuff. Everyone goes through it. So, and it's just not spoken about. So I'm hoping that, um, yeah, that can bring some education and some, and to stop some heartache. Mate, I'm, I'm sure it definitely will. One thing I want to quickly talk to you about with your new sort of found way of living, what are some of the things you do or are you non-negotiable on a daily or weekly basis to avoid going down that path of anger and resentment and frustration that you used to do? What are some of the things that you're doing to maintain a far more balanced mindset? Yeah, so it's definitely perspective is a huge one. So catch yourself in the moment that is what you're thinking and what you're doing. Awareness, uh, huh? yeah, so that huge unawareness, yeah. So it's that meditation piece when, I, when I've got time, but I've always got that consciousness to go back to it. Um, go back and, and, and see people like Bell and have those spiritual tune-ups, if you want to call them that way. And then um, really about fairness in the relationship, right? So Haley and I really do put an emphasis on being fit and active. So um, it's it gets more complex with kids, but as that understanding that, you know, if I'm out on a Monday night playing touch football, then Tuesday you can go and do your thing. Wednesday, we cover for each other to make sure that we do constantly show up the best version of ourselves in our relationship and as parents. Because I think if it's very much worn, you know, Haley has to do everything and I'm off playing touch footy and doing all my things, that's just not fair. So, yeah, um, yeah it's finding that balance. I love that, man. That's um, very well put. And I'm sure people will get a lot out of that. I think people need to just build those just understandings on how to have an open and communicate like openly communicating relationship it's something that i um am working on with my beautiful partner to try and well, i mean i'm very lucky i've got someone who is super open-minded and continues to see the world in a way that's very positive which um, i'm very grateful for but the last question i do finish every single one of these podcasts with is what does being a good human mean to dan gabler I think serving others is, is the big one, right? So um, how can something that you do on a daily basis help other people? And, you know, that comes down to something so simple. If you're at a shopping center and, you know, you bump into each other with a shopping trolley and, you know, you can see that the other person is under despair, it's it's not blowing up in that moment. It's asking that person if they're okay, for example, and mm. how that could change their life rather than, you know, potentially getting angry then having a car accident and the flow on effect from from that so yeah it's it's how you show up in your in in the world and um how you can help better it mm, just leading with empathy it's like if you think back to the time when you're almost getting out of your car because of the traffic and blow up like to the person who you're about to get up and blow up get out of the car and blow up at they have no idea what you're going through they have no idea the build up and the life situation you're in i think a lot of people can get something out of that that Next time something frustrates you and you want to get angry, just try and take a breath and think, I wonder what this person's going through, why they've made this thing or situation happen in my life that isn't favourable, but how can I show up best to maybe make that person a bit lighter in their frustration? So Yeah, it's how you react, right? Like mm. Scott always said to me, you can never have an argument with a calm person. Mm. And I've really just brought that into my world. Yeah, it's so, so well put and it's a great way to finish. So, mate, thank you so much for jumping on. I will leave in the show notes everywhere. Maybe just quickly, where can anyone find you if they do want to um, get in contact to maybe ask you some questions about this story? You don't really have Instagram, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram at uh, dan.gabes. Um, yeah, Facebook under my own name. Um, yeah, the email you can email dan, daniel at um, thecentertrady.com.au. There's, yeah, you can find me everywhere. Yeah, I'll chuck that up. I found you on LinkedIn, so LinkedIn, LinkedIn as well. I'll, LinkedIn leave, I'll leave your LinkedIn and um, your Instagram and website and what and um, email and whatnot in the show notes if anyone wants to ask some questions because I'm sure there's some, hopefully some young tradies out there that have listened to this episode and really got some stuff out of it and shown that there is no one way, there's no one path to do this thing. And um, man, I'm sure your story is going to inspire so many. So thanks for jumping on Good Humans. Thanks so much for having me. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.